0: A little boy goes missing. A massive search ensues. Today, the bombshell discovery that will forever change the course of this investigation. I'm talking about a little boy named Dylan.
1: It was Thanksgiving 2012. 13-year-old budding athlete Dylan Redwine was visiting his dad, Mark, at his house in the San Juan Mountains of Southwest Colorado. It was a court-ordered visit. Dylan's mom and dad went through a contentious divorce. Mark says his son was sleeping when he went off to run some errands, and when he returned, Dylan was gone. Hundreds of volunteers searched for the little boy, but Dylan was never found. My focus right now is focusing on Dylan and what he needs from us. To help find him
0: you are hearing our friends at crime watch daily but take a listen to k-a-o-t mark Redwine spoke with me at a video store in bayfield which is now turned into the hub for search volunteers flyers of dylan are here for residents to pick up and pass out red says he hasn't been able to sleep since his son vanished from his home 12 days ago
1: it's been a tough time for all of us i know i can, i know that it's been difficult on me and I, I can only imagine how difficult it's been for his mom and his brother and his family this community is shell shocked i mean they are Heartsick store owner Denise Hess is a close friend
0: of Dylan's mother Elaine. She says, in the beginning of the search, social media helped efforts
2: gain momentum. We did have a huge momentum as soon as it got out, the community immediately came together because that's how we roll in this community. You know, if one of our own, we're a tight community and. And they were out in force and they're like, What can we do? What can we do?
0: Posted notes all over a map of Bayfield and Vaisito show where volunteers posted flyers and went door to door. She says there's still a core team of about a dozen, but I think people are starting to lose a little bit of hope. You are hearing our friend Anna Velasquez speaking to Dylan's mom, and she is joining us here today. Let me introduce you our all-star panel with me, renowned criminal defense attorney Troy Slayton joining me out of L.A., Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist from the Atlanta jurisdiction, and you can find her at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Professor Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon and also the star of a brand new series on the True Crime Network, Poisonous Liaisons. With me from Fox 21 Colorado Springs, Lauren Scharf and very special guest, Dylan's mother. Elaine Hall. So let me understand the timeline. First to you, Lauren Scharf. Dylan is staying with his dad. The parents are divorced and the dad has court-ordered visits every so often as is normal. He's with his dad. It's November 18. Dad says he left home to do errands 7.30 a.m. November 19 the next morning. Dylan is then reported soon after on November 19. What time was Dylan reported missing, Lauren Scharf? Dylan's mom reported her son missing at 5.30
3: to La Plata County Sheriff's Office.
0: 5.30, November 19? Yes. Okay, so I I, I see a big gap, a very big gap in the timeline right there. Because Lauren Scharf, dad goes to run errands 7.30 a.m., didn't want to wake Dylan up. But what time does dad get home from errands,
3: Lauren? Uh, it was around 1 or so, and he supposedly called the Bayfield Marshal's office to ask if, you know, anyone had seen him. Wait, I thought he took a nap. Style.
0: Yes, he took a nap. Uh-huh. So he wakes up from the nap around one thirty. So let let me clarify the timeline. Dylan with dad, November 18, he spends the night. November 19, dad goes running errands, 7.30 a.m. Dad gets back from errands. Don't know if he saw Dylan at that point or not, but I know the dad takes a nap. Dad wakes up around 1.30, sees Dylan is not there. So let me understand something to Elaine Hall. This is Dylan's mother. Why did you turn up to be the one who reports him missing. You're not even on the scene. I'm sure you're missing him, but you're not there. Why did you have to report him missing?
4: Well, Mark texted me at about 5.30 on November 19th and asked me if I'd heard or seen Dylan. And of course I freaked out and said, no, you know, why? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're giving me,
0: it's making my head hurt. So Dylan is with dad, And how far away did Dad live from you? About six hours away. So he calls you and says, have you seen Dylan? I mean, he's just turned 13. He can't, what,
4: drive back home? Yeah, and he he texted me right as I was driving home from work. So I called the La Plata County, the Bayfield Sheriff's Department, and told him Dylan was missing, and then me and my son, Corey, got in a car and drove for six hours and ended up in Bayfield at about 1 o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, my stars. I cannot even imagine what was going through your head. I remember, um, Elaine, the children were supposed to go ice skating at Rockefeller Center. So I got them bathed in bed, everything, and I called my mom and my dad had taken a horrible turn and they were talking about putting him on life support. I got the children out on the sidewalk immediately in, in the clothes over their PJs trying to hail a cab at midnight to get back home. That ordeal trying to get home to my dad was just like this horrible nightmare what was going through your mind as you were trying to get on the scene where dylan goes missing you know
4: i obviously i i kept reaching out to him on his cell phone and it was really disheartening when he didn't contact me because dylan would have contacted me so you know when you're going through something like this you really try not to lose hope but your mind it does wander and you, you think the worst of circumstances, but at the same time, you know, he was with his father. Yeah. It was, it, it was yeah. not like he was with a stranger or somebody I didn't know. He was with his father.
0: Imagine Elaine, Dylan's mother, driving through the night, getting on the scene at 1 a.m. in the morning, trying to find her boy, the age of my son and daughter, right now. Take a listen to our friend Rick Salinger at CBS4 Denver.
5: Lane and Mark Redwine were married for 18 years. They had two boys during that time. We obtained the divorce papers and found they were going through a custody battle when Dylan disappeared. The boy had flown to Southwest Colorado to be with his father when he was last seen alive.
1: My ex-wife and I both agree that Dylan's not the kind of kid that would run away. But I also think that there's a possibility that Dylan was torn between
5: his parents. Dylan disappeared November eighteenth, two 2012. A massive and long search took place centered around Velocedo Lake and Bayfield, Colorado. The tensions are very high between all of us, specifically with mom and
1: my older son, Corey, and myself.
0: Well, I guess so. He comes to your house, and he hasn't even been there 24 hours, and he goes missing for Pete's sake. And uh, even with the best efforts, Dylan has not been found. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, again, thank you for being with us as we delve into the circumstances regarding the disappearance of a young boy, Dylan Redwine. And in the last hours, bombshell, evidence that will affect the course of this investigation. Take a listen to Mark Redwine and Elaine.
6: So you get back at eleven thirty and he's gone. Right. Um and
1: so you just lay down to take a nap? Well no that when I got back at eleven thirty I didn't think much of Dylan not being there. I mean, he knows the area. He's been up to my house many times. There's a campground at the end of the road that's not right by the river, which he tends to go up to every now and then. There's a bridge right down the street where it crosses over the river, which he's been known to hang out before. There's a rock wall that's right directly behind my house that he's been known to go stomping around in the woods back there. I mean, it didn't. I didn't find it so odd that he wasn't sitting there waiting for me.
4: In November, mid-November,
1: and you sent him. You sent him without a coat.
0: Okay, right there, you see, mom and dad arguing with each other, with uh, Doctor Phil in the middle of the whole thing, and mom says you weren't worried. He went out in November in Colorado, and he immediately says that well, you're the one that sent him without a coat. Okay, to you, Joseph Scott Morgan, Professor, of Forensic, Jacksonville State University. The weather was very, very cold. See, you you have children just like me, Joe Scott, and here's the difference. If I came home and I could not find one of the twins, I would know that was very wrong and immediately report them missing. If my husband came in, he probably wouldn't even check to see if the twins were in their room. He'd probably just assume everything was okay, so, first of all, to you, just Scott, the temperature, Colorado, in November, probably in the 30s or 40s. What can that do to someone?
6: Oh, it can drive you into hypothermia. You know, our, our standard body temperature is 98.6, and, you know, it varies from person to person. But the problem is this. When you start to dip down below and the environmental conditions, you know, kind of dictate this, it'll drive down your core body temperature, and when this begins to happen, you have your systems begin to shut down. You'll get things like you'll have people who become uh, disoriented. Uh, they become dehydrated really quickly if you don't get water to them. Uh, you'll, you'll have people that will go into a multi-system shutdown, not to mention you know, things like depending upon how cold it is, uh, you'll, you'll have an awareness that, uh, or lack of awareness that you're losing sensitivity. And One of the big striking things is in that exchange that you heard just a moment ago, uh, you know, he says that, well, you didn't send sit anywhere like Well, yeah, you're you're aware that he didn't have a coat. So what are you doing about it? He's in your care now. All Six you got to do range, is home. drive
0: right over to Costco or Target or Walmart yep. and get a jacket. It won't cost you $40 to get a nope. jacket. Um, you know, to Dr. Angela Arnold, uh, renowned psychiatrist joining me out of the Atlanta jurisdiction at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Dr. Angie, question, yes. you know... I have the pro- a problem when a parent isn't worried when their child's gone and they don't know where the child went. Oh, yeah. I have but a little problem with that myself. I don't want to stereotype, but let me just go ahead and stereotype. Moms may see it differently than dads, or one parent may see it differently than the other parent. One parent I may not be worried. Also. Yeah. I completely agree with you about that, too. That's, that's where the problem lies. So then I guess the little
4: boy didn't come back, so then the daddy finally did start to worry.
0: Well, he worried, he worried, but he didn't call police. It's mom, Elaine Hall, six hours later that finally reports him missing. Tell me, Lauren Scharf, uh, Fox 21, Colorado Springs. Tell me about the search for Dylan Redwine. Everything as far as divers were deployed, uh, searchers, dogs, everything, you name it. We're searching for Dylan. To Elaine Hall, this is Dylan's mother. Those hours must have been excruciating for you as you get there at 1 a.m. When you got to the scene at 1 a.m., what happened, Elaine? Well, we met
4: with the um, Bayfield Marshal, sat in his office for a bit, and then we drove up to Edo, um, you know, basically just looking doing whatever we could do we felt so helpless um all the lights in Mark's house were off he was nowhere in sight so we just assumed he was sleeping um and then we came back down to bayfield it's about it's about a oh about a half hour to 45 minute drive from by to bayfield and bayfield is kind of the big hub of that area um and then the next morning we start all over again drive back up to bayfield i went into the Um, search and rescue office and it was really disheartening because they kept claiming him as a runaway and I kept saying he's not a runaway he did not run away if he ran away he would have called me Um, and so that I think that really put a damper on the search because they um, you know they they were kind of disregarding and they were searching up behind Mark's house And there was a jogger running up there, and they kept saying that was Dylan, and then it turned out not to be Dylan, and I don't know. I I was very frustrated in the very beginning from how this search started. And
0: all this time, you know he's not a runaway. To you, Troy Slayton, criminal defense attorney, joining me out of L.A., Troy, neither defense or prosecution. Let me ask you a question. This, This really burns me up. So often... When tweens, you know, 11, 12, and then 13, 14, and teens go missing, the cops always say at the beginning, it's a runaway. And here there was no evidence at all that there was a, he was a runaway. Nothing. And cops lose valuable time searching because they just assume it's a runaway.
5: Well, here, the boy's father, who he was staying with, uh, didn't think much of him not being at home either. He was known to play in the area behind the house, down the road. There's a a campground where he would often go play as well. So this was nothing unusual for a 13-year-old boy who's familiar with the area. He's been at his father's house many times to go out and play. But now we're learning the temperature was 29
0: degrees. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me, Troy Slayton, playing outside in 29-degree weather without a coat.
5: Kids go out and play in the cold. Kids go out and play in the snow. Do yours go out in 29-degree
0: weather without a coat and stay gone? You let them do that? Because if you say yes, I'm reporting you to defects.
5: Well, if he didn't see him go out, how does he know exactly what he was wearing at the because time he that he Because he knew he
0: didn't have, have a coat, Troy. We just established that.
5: What type of person would, you know, uh, well, that makes me think about well, he's coming to visit his father. They know what type of weather it is. Wouldn't he... he 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 came in through an airport. Wouldn't he have brought the appropriate luggage with him for that type of weather? That seems really strange.
0: Well, yeah, but we're past that. The cow's out of the barn, Slayton. I mean, we already know he doesn't have a coat. We know it's 29 degrees and the dad says he's out playing That, that I've got a problem with that. And I'm hearing the mom keep saying he's not a runaway. He's not a runaway. He's not a runaway. Hope's, our dash. Take a listen to K R Q E. Crystal Gutierrez. The La Plata
3: County Sheriff's Office made the announcement less than two hours ago. Dylan's remains were found during a search of Middle Mountain Road, just north of Viacito Lake. Officials say that's about eight mile drive from the father's home. Sheriff's spokesperson Dan Bender says a variety of items were found during that search, including bones. The Colorado Bureau of Investigation alerted sheriff's investigators today that tests conducted on those bones confirm they are the remains of Dylan Redwine. It has been a long and difficult search for the boy who went missing from his father's house near Durango during a visit for Thanksgiving last year. The sheriff's department says Redwine's family has been notified. No word yet on if foul play is suspected in Dylan's disappearance and death. Searchers were not led to the area where the remains were found based on a recent tip. It was an area they weren't able to cover very well until recently.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about bombshell evidence that has just emerged in the case of little boy Dylan Redwine with me, his mother. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Watch Daily.
1: The melting snow reveals some of Dylan's remains about 10 miles north of his dad's house off a twisting path deep in the woods. His devastated big brother, Corey, told our Denver affiliate, KDVR, he was in shock. You know... (laughs) <laughs> when something like this happens, you just think of all the good times. So. And there's so many, you know, it's hard waking up and not having that right spot in my heart. His mother, Elaine, was heartbroken.
2: He no longer can soothe me when I'm stressed out.
1: Mark's theory at the time, his son got lost and couldn't get cell phone reception
2: is that if he couldn't get
1: reception
5: being down in the valley on the road that I live in at my house, then maybe he thought by trying to get to higher ground, he might be able to pick up cell phone service on his cell phone.
0: Okay, I, I'm having a hard time taking that in because it's 29 degrees outside, and the, quote, higher ground was 11,000 feet. I want to go straight out to Elaine Hall. This is Dylan's mom, Elaine. Do you recall that moment, and I know that you do when you learned that Dylan's remains had been found? Do you recall that moment? Yes, what
4: happened We were um Middle Mountain closes in November, and so um as was said, you know we couldn't get up there and then when we started searching in June um the sheriffs we were headed up well, my husband and my son, um, were headed up the mountain and they were told to come back down and there was some clothing and some other things that they had found that my son Corey had to confirm or Dylan. And I have to say, you know, from November to June it it did not look good. I still had hope, as we all do, but um I I just, you know, the the re- reality came, and, you know, we discovered that the articles were Dylan's. And, you know, I, I was heartbroken. I, I'm just, I'm still heartbroken. It's a horrible thing to happen.
0: Miss Redwine, what were the articles that were found?
4: There was some clothing, um, a shoe, and some remains listen to our friends at
0: KMGH. Denver, this is Mark Stewart.
5: This high and rugged terrain, up to 11,000 feet, is where search teams found Dylan's remains. For weeks, this area was off limits because it was covered with snow. The bones and other items found were tested by the CBI. Scientists then determined the remains belonged to Dylan. His parents were told late this afternoon of the positive match. Speaking to our news partner late today, the Denver Post, Dylan's father says he was blindsided by this news. Police are now calling in this case a criminal investigation early on they determined dylan did not run away but still have yet to get into the specifics as to why to you
0: lauren do you know where his skull was discovered yeah nancy hikers found his skull uh, in november 2015 about a mile and a half from the first remains it has been determined by experts that had dylan let's just Hypothesize fallen and gone unconscious or fallen and died. It has been determined by experts that no animal would have taken the skull a mile and a half away. That's not how it works when, let's just say, a a coyote or, or any animal finds a body. That's not what happens. The remains will be scattered, that's true, but not a mile and a half, maybe, maybe 50 feet. Um, An animal doesn't pack the body up and put it on its back and go to its lair. That's not how it works. So why is Dylan's skull a mile and a half away, away from his body? That's the first thing that struck me when I learned about the location of the remains Explain to me, to you, Lauren Scharf, you're joining me from Colorado, Fox 21. This is an 11,000 feet area. So 11,000 feet from sea level. Why would Dylan be all the way up there on foot or on his bike? Why? That's a really great question, Nancy. It's super, super cold. You need to wear, especially in November, multiple layers for that high of elevation. Yes, this is full 10 miles from his dad's home uh, there in La Plata County. How would the body, how would Dylan have managed to be up at, at elevation of 11,000 feet, 10 miles away from home and his skull a mile and a half from the body? And then... A bombshell discovery. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Watch Daily.
1: After five years of secret emerges that cops believe turned the father into an alleged killer. Investigators say Dylan saw compromising photos of his dad and on that fateful Thanksgiving trip planned to confront his father about them. Dylan's brother Corey telling other media outlets that the pictures were quote, disgusting, allegedly depicting Mark Redwine in women's makeup wearing a diaper, and other details too nauseating to repeat. Being confronted with that was enough, investigators say, to throw Mark Redwine into a raid.
0: I'm not as concerned about uh, the makeup and the diaper. I'm more concerned about additional information we are learning. To Lauren Scharf, explain to me what exactly the photos depict Dylan's brother, Corey, older brother, uh, claims that the photos
3: were of Mark Redwine eating his own feces and cross-dressing.
0: To Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist, I mean, cross-dressing is very common, actually. it might be a surprise to a lot of people, but it's not uncommon. But eating feces? Oh. Okay. Oh, my God. Dr. Angela, help me out. They did not teach me this in law school. I knew you were going to ask me this. Oh my god,
4: it's just so sickening. I don't even know how why somebody would eat their own feces. There, there's a name to it. It's a variant of eating dirt, okay, which is called pica,
0: coprophagia. Yes, and uh-huh. um, it's the consumption. A feces. It can be your yeah. own. It can be somebody else's. It's a thing. Yeah. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about the discovery of Dylan Redwine's body. This little boy did not want to go visit his dad But it was court-ordered, so he went, and he was never seen alive again. Now we learn very disturbing photos of the dad eating feces were discovered, we believe, by Dylan
2: Redwine. Take a listen to Jacqueline Allen, KMGH. The indictment states Dylan Redwine had seen compromising pictures of Mark Redwine and planned to confront him. Later, the indictment states those photos provoked a violent response from Mark Redwine. Have you seen the photos?
1: i seen them.
2: Corey says the photos involve Mark eating his own feces, but Corey believes those photos were just the beginning of a confrontation.
1: I think Dylan had a lot more than just pictures that he wanted to get across to
2: Mark. Mark Redwine's arrest is bittersweet for Corey, who wants justice for the brother he lost, but has also lost whatever relationship he might have had with his father. I'm sad
1: that I've ever had to go through this, that Dylan had to go through this and that, you know, all of This past five years has just, you know, been about who killed Dylan when it should have never happened in the first place. It's exciting to know that justice is coming for my little brother.
0: Joe Scott Morgan, in addition to the dad, Mark Redwine's obsession with scatology, we learned that Dylan's skull reveals a COD.
6: The trauma is specific to causal effects, Nancy. And one of the problems is in this environment in which this little boy's remains were found, it's so very harsh, uh, the police had to go a long way and specifically the state medical examiner in order to determine a specific cause of death because the environment is so very harsh and so very compromised, you have scattered remains. I can tell you this uh, specifically, There is no indication that his body was ever buried. That's why you have these scattered remains. It also goes to this point relative to animal activity. They had access to the body and have dispersed these remains over a large, large area.
0: What we know is there's evidence of blows, blunt force trauma blows to Dylan's skull. I want you to take a listen to our cut 11, Jacqueline Allen, KMGH, Denver 7.
2: A former FBI profiler now writing a textbook on violent crime, Pete Klismet, says he has Mark Redwine's number. Is there any doubt in your mind that Mark Redwine killed his son? No. La Plata investigators hired Klismet in 2015 to review the evidence in the disappearance of Dylan Redwine. After three months of digging, he says the evidence pointed to one person.
6: I simply wanted to
1: look at everything I could look at and and try to figure out who did this. Um, And it was an inescapable conclusion that it was Mark.
2: Court records reveal investigators found Dylan Redwine's blood in his father's living room, a cadaver dog alerted in that same room and in his truck. Most bizarre, the indictment says Dylan had seen compromising photos of his father and planned to confront him.
1: Could that have caused Mark to go into a rage with his son yelling at him, perhaps? It may.
0: Elaine Hall, this is Dylan's mom. Did you have any idea what was going on in your ex husband's mind?
4: No. I mean, you know, but that had been true for years prior. So I had to trust Mark with Dylan that it was something that I had to do. It was, you know, not only a court order, but he was his father. And you never want to think that you married a man who could actually hurt his own child. And those were the shoes I was in at that point. I was blindsided by all of it because when he went missing on the 18th and then what led up after that, um, it opened my eyes to who Mark really was, and it it was not good. What else did you learn, Elaine? Well, I mean, you know, he certainly... Got anger issues. He he blames everybody else for everything that's ever happened. He, you know, wants control of everything. And when he lost the control when we got divorced, you know, it was something he couldn't handle. And you know, we were living our life, and his life was so focused on us and what I was doing wrong as a mother. I mean, the whole coat thing is a perfect example of that. You know, blaming me for not, for Dylan not having a coat. Dylan was 13 years old. He had a hoodie. He didn't wear coats often. And, you know, it, it just reminded me of everything that we had went through because he had two other boys. And it was the same game he played with his ex wife with the two other boys, blaming everybody else for things that he just refused to, to take, to take. Blame for, and, and not so much blame, but accountability. There was no accountability. He he w- was um, evasive. Even the day, the weekend that we decided to have the, the search, the big search in June where we found Dylan's remains, he was gone. He left the day before. Didn't even hang around for the search. All of those things, you know, just made, it solidified my plight in justice for Dylan, knowing who had harmed my son.
0: I'm thinking through everything that you have just said, and I'm curious.
4: I know Dylan did not want to go visit his dad. Why? There was nothing to do up there for Dylan. And no matter what anyone says, Dylan did not play by the campground. He did not play on the rock wall. He did not go by the river. And he... You know, his friends in Bayfield were about 45 minutes away. Um, he didn't take his bike because his bike was still at Mark's house. Um, he did have cell phone reception at Mark's house. There was no issue of cell phone reception. Um, but Mark sat in the house and basically, I, I, you know, did nothing with Dylan. And Dylan was miserable up there all by himself. So, you know... Mark just never engaged with Dylan. He never took the time to take him out and do things with him. And and Dylan was miserable up there. And his relationship with Mark had at that time become contentious because of Mark's actions leading up to that.
0: So they argued. Is that what you're saying? They argued? Did they argue on the night of? Did they argue, period? Did they have an argumentative relationship?
4: Well, I mean, it was contentious, I think. I, I don't know if they argued. Well, why you know, do you Dylan say it was, was contentious? Because Dylan, whenever Mark, Mark would call, which was very rare, you know, Dylan was like, I don't want to talk to him. And I was like, why? And he's like, because, Mom, he says the same thing all the time. And Mark was very critical of me and Corey. And Dylan did not want to hear that. You know, he, Dylan just wanted to have peace. In the family, he didn't want to argue with his dad, and he didn't want to argue with us. And just as
0: the family believes there will be justice for Dylan Redwine, take a
2: listen to KMGH Denver. After years of waiting for the murder trial of Mark Redwine to move forward, yet another delay.
1: Probably not gonna happen until next year.
2: Judge Raymond Wilson declared a mistrial Monday after defense attorneys said they were experiencing COVID symptoms, a trial that's already been delayed due to the pandemic and once more after a defense attorney was arrested. For Dylan Redwine's family, it means another drive home without answers.
5: We
1: rented a house down here, um, taking time off work, you know, pretty much left our lives to come down here and have this happen. Um, And, you know, here we are again going home empty-handed. You know, it's just so frustrating.
0: To Elaine Hall, this is Dylan's mother. So you finally get to trial, and then the defense attorneys claim that they're having COVID-19 symptoms. A mistrial was declared. How did that affect you?
4: So frustrating. The trial had been delayed eight times prior to this, Mark got arrested in 2015. And here we sit or 2017, I'm sorry. And here we sit in 2020 and, and we're, st- you know, we, our lives are still on hold. Everybody else is living their life. You know, Mark may be living his life in jail, but you know, we, we, th- there, there are, there are no apologies. There are no, um, rights for, for victims. Who are undergoing something like this i mean the the courts don't care about the time the emotional um and, and mental drain that it has put on us the financial drain that it has put on us um you know they they want to um find every excuse under the sun the defense wants to find every excuse under the sun to not have this go forward and it it just it's beguiling to me. I just don't understand how we can sit here three years, almost four years later, and there's still no resolution. I mean, there really needs to be some accountability from the courts, from the defense team, from, from the judge on the rights of victims, because they have been violated many times throughout this whole trial or throughout this whole process. To Lauren Shaw, Fox
0: 21. What is the latest, Lauren? When will the case go forward? Yeah,
3: so this uh, trial is expected to last seven weeks, and the tentative trial date is January 25th of 2021. There will be a status conference uh, January 5th to see if the trial date is feasible.
0: So Troy Slayton, how badly do you think the defense attorneys are gonna fight to try to keep those photos of Mark Redwine eating his own poop out of court?
5: It seems like it has nothing to do with the issue of whether or not uh, he had anything to do with the murder of his son. Just because, and, and it seems like the that they would just be used to inflame the passions and prejudices of the jury. And any type of uh, probative value is significantly outweighed by their prejudicial effect, oh, that's which means you that they would not be admissible. <laughs>
0: Because according to investigators, they believe Dylan Redwine saw those photos and was going to confront his dad or did confront him. We'll see what happens in court. Justice delayed, but not justice denied yet. Nancy Grace, Crime Story,
4: signing off. Goodbye, friend.